Hello, I'm Marcus Mulcahy, and you're listening to the Churchill Fellowship Interviews, a series of recordings from my 2018 adventure travelling across the USA researching makerspaces and digital technology in schools. I joined the organization about three and a half years ago, and I saw this very large stack of Chromebooks uh, sitting in a corner. There was about you know, 50 of them that were deemed unrepairable and not usable. Um, and I, it hurt my heart a little bit. And I said, what can we do with these? And so we quickly organized with my staff um, this very uh, interesting repair party. Um, it was a field day. I remember the day. It was so crisp. We put a table out in the grass. You know, people would be horrified, but, you know, go with me. And we had, uh, we had some plugs run up, and we had all the parts, and we said, any kid who comes up to the table um, and repairs a device can take it home with them. Um, and so we had this really lovely moment where the first kid walked up who was brave enough and said, you know, what do I do? And I showed that kid, and the next kid walked up, and I said, just ask him, because he just did it. Um, he just replaced a key or a keyboard or a screen. Um, and so we literally started having this little wave of knowledge happening in a very rapid moment, where in the space of 50 minutes, we repaired 37 Chromebooks. Whoa. Um, and it was just this spark. Mm. And, uh, all and the kids us, could keep them. And the kids could keep them, because at that point, they were slated to be destroyed. And yeah. we said, let's go have them find a new home. Mm. And that moment we realized that we were really onto something, this idea of peer-to-peer learning around repair. Um, and the kids were really excited. So the next year we opened up um, the Restart Center, which is a student-run repair tutoring center. So if a kid breaks a phone, um, they don't drop it off. It's not a genius bar. Uh, they will make an appointment and they'll come in and a, a peer expert will tutor them through fixing their own phone. And the idea is that the repair of that phone is a vehicle for getting excitement about repair. So they fix the phone, that's great, but what we really want them to walk away with is a new understanding of their ability to be a repairer. Now what age group are we talking about here? So our youngest repairers um, have gone as young as second grade. Uh, we've opened up B-Bots. Some of them have replaced the hard drives in their computers. And then they go all the way up to 12th grade for us, which is 18 years old. So mm-hmm. it's a really wide range, and we scale. You know, Kids can do an amazing amount that you don't think is possible, um, even at very young ages with repair. Now, I noticed on your website you showed me all the stats. You've had an incredible amount of hours of actually kids involved in repairing. And obviously, that's part of the school's philosophy, I gather. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because we most of our volunteer recruitment happens because a kid will come and as someone who's broken a device and they'll be tutored through a repair and there's just something that they connect with in that moment that they feel like I need to do this again um, and you know rather than going out and breaking multiple devices or an excuse to come back to the center they you know they ask and they say you know can I can I be a tutor and we have anywhere from 12 to 15 tutors at any time um, and they do they give a huge amount of hours you know one two three hours a week over the course of a year they sometimes give up their lunch periods they give up study periods and it's it's so neat because it's it's a purely selfless act in some ways because they're helping another kid. They get nothing out of it. They don't fix their own device. They're helping multiple kids uh, fix their devices. But then they also get this really deep expertise through the process because they're fixing such a wide range of things that they themselves see that they're becoming expert repairers. And when I talk to them about it, they say, you know, a year ago, I didn't know anything about how a phone worked, and now I know how to fix seven different devices. I know how to troubleshoot it, and I feel really good about that. That is very cool. Uh, what sort of equipment do you use, or the kids use, to actually repair the equipment? Yeah, so we use um, the iFixit Pro Toolkit. It's a pretty comprehensive kit with all the different um, 
uh, bits. It's a really, uh, you know, has the spudgers and everything. And one thing when we started introducing the kids is I, I didn't realize how little a lot of our students even knew about tools. And so we, we had to take a moment and help them really learn how to read the instructions. Like, what does P2 mean? What does Torx mean? What does that look like in the kit? Mm. So we spent about 45 minutes to an hour before kids even getting to repair, really orienting them to the tools. And, um, you know, and then they, you know, getting them organizing is another thing. But they really, um, they have become experts of their own little domain with these tool kits. Um, and, you know, every once in a while we have a new device that has new screws that we don't have. We'll supplement it, but you know, you I have fixed the headlamps on my Fiat with the same tool, so it's, it's a very flexible toolkit. Nice. Yeah, you're involved with the Restart organization in the UK. Can yeah. you talk about that sort of relationship? And, yeah. yeah, so I have to give credit to them. So it's the Restart Project, and they are a community based organization that helps uh, they run repair tutoring for adults. You know, they run adults will stop by, they'll bring you know, and they are much more comprehensive than I, our work. They'll do lamps, anything you can think about repairing, they'll you know come in the Restart Project folks will help people learn. And, you know, I met them in London uh, one year and was just really entranced by what they were doing and said, I'd love to do this with kids. And, you know, they were very generous in their time talking about all the things they had learned working with people in repair tutoring. And one of the things that's been really neat about this relationship is that they have actually started working with kids as a result of seeing how successful we've been with children. So now we have these organizations across the pond where they... You know, they're working with adults and giving feedback to us. We're working with kids, giving feedback to them, and it's this really nice symbiotic relationship where we're sharing knowledge and failures, um, constantly trying to grow the network of people who are doing this work. One thing I've loved the fact that you're actually you're walking the talk, and so you're actually involved with a lobbyist to try and actually create some uh, legislation in in America. Can you want to talk about that legislation sure. approach you've got there? So I'm a member of an organization called the Repair Coalition. Essentially, we're a bunch of repairers who have you know, paid membership dues to help advance legislation to help out with repair. Mm. Um, essentially, we have existing legislation that makes sure that auto manufacturers provide parts and let mechanics fix the cars. But for some reason, cell phone companies feel exempt from that legislation. And, you know, they're making it, they're restricting access to tools, they're restricting access to parts, and they don't provide readily available information for repair. Um, And it's really throttling small repair shops. And to be honest, program like ours, because if we don't have the parts, um, we can't do the repairs. So it actually impacts education and, quite frankly, the future pipeline of innovation. Because if kids at this age can't repair now, they're not going to be designers or repairs in the future. Mm. So this legislation that we're working on is in 14 states here in America, and it's essentially asking for the right to repair. And we just want to make sure that we have instructions, we have tools, and we have parts so we can continue to do this good work. Mm. Love it. Yeah. When's uh, an outcome expected, do you think? We're hoping that it goes to vote within the next month. Um, and as we say, we, we have 14 of them because if just one state gets it through, um, all the other states will have the to The world will suit. change. Yeah. It'll make yeah. a big difference. We just need one to pass it. Yeah. Now, can I get you to do me a favor? and uh, imagine we're down the track five years from now, maybe even ten years from now, how are we in regards to this sort of like whole battle you're trying to actually put on at the moment? How are we in terms of repairing our equipment? So, How do you see the world in five years when it comes to this sort of thing? I think one really lovely thing is that repair will be the primary deciding factor when people decide to buy something new. Mm. Um, People feel so comfortable with repair and so empowered to repair their own things that when they go to buy a new product, 
whether or not it's repairable is a make or break. And I think it's just so expected. So, mm. you know, now we, we evaluate things by cost. We evaluate them by, you know, perhaps lifespan, but we don't consider repairability. We might look at reviews. And I would love to go on, you know, Amazon, for example, and all of the reviews saying, great to repair, would recommend again. You know, this is a really nice product, easy to open up. And I would really love to see the way that we talk about the stuff we buy have changed to have a solid expectation as a community that repair is one of our fundamental rights as a consumer. Jenny, love your work. Thank you very much for the tour of your school. I love the work you're doing here. Please keep it up and uh, look forward to connecting with you in the future. Me too. Thank you so much for coming. Good on you, Jeannie. Thank you for listening to the Churchill Fellowship Interviews. You can find the complete series at radiocarum.org.